Welcome to the Decent People Podcast, a production of Decentral Media, where we're committed to telling the stories of the founders, builders, and visionaries who are creating a new decentralized economy and internet experience. You guys know it as Web3 or blockchain, but we're going to bring you the smartest and most interesting people in the space for intimate conversations that reveal their background, how they got into crypto in the first place, and what they're doing today to make a decentralized future a reality. Thanks so much for joining us, and check out our site at Decentral.io. Now, to the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Decent People Podcast by Decentral Media. I'm your host, Stephen Ladden. This week, we have the creator of the Web3 Media Company, probably nothing, Jeremy Fall. Jeremy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Hey, our pleasure. Thank you for joining. Uh, just to, to dive in, creating a, a Web3 media company, was that something young Jeremy ever could could imagine creating as a, as a kid? Is that something you've always been passionate about before probably Web3 was Web3? How did it all come to be? So... Yeah, I mean, I look. I entered. I entered the space very early on. Um, I had sold my restaurants as a former chef restaurateur. I sold my restaurants in 2019, and I entered the space. And I really got attracted to the communities that were being built on Twitter. Right, it felt like kind of this like underground scene that like no one knew about as the pandemic and people really connecting. And you know, there was a lot of stuff going on on Clubhouse and Twitter. And and so, you know, for me, I was like, wow, this really reminds me of community building around food. You know, I used food as a conduit to conversation, building communities, bringing people together through food is very similar on how people were coming together through this creative medium, which was NFTs, you know, and at this time really was mostly used from an art standpoint, not really a technological standpoint. Like we're seeing now with like, you know, sports and all these things, it was really based off of PFP, this like very tribal type of uh, identity that people were, were, you know, were using it for. So like, this is really cool became a fan of the space before becoming a creator of it. And what I realized with time going forward is I was like, you know, this is gonna be really hard for people to achieve mass adoption. I'm pretty tech savvy, but you know, a lot of people aren't, and this is gonna be really hard for them to really adopt. So also I have a ton of Web2 connections, you know, with like the Warner records of the world and then all those, how do I help them do this the right way? And essentially what I noticed is Web two people trying to do Web three their way didn't work. Web three people trying to do Web two their way or integrate Web two their way didn't work. The space needed a bridge. So that's where probably nothing comes in. It is an educational brand at the core, but we don't brand it as education because education comes off intimidating to a lot of people. They're like education, learning. It's, it's it can be intimidating. So we're like, let's build a cool brand, like you would build a streetwear brand, and use it to attract people and then connect them to projects like. We just did a drop with Warner Records and Bose called Stickman Toys that was free and gave you IP rights to your design and your audio. That is a great way to have people on board into the space. We onboarded thousands of people into the space that way because they're like, oh, I identified to this. How do I get it? Okay, cool. X, Y, Z step. The only they had to do is pay for gas, which was like nine bucks. They're very happy. Now they have crypto on their wallet. They have an NFT. Now they've entered the space. So for us, it's like connecting those, those emotional dots for people to enter it, but then not where they're just downloading an app that just stays unused in their phone, where they're actually becoming active members of the community. Essentially, you're, as you said, you're building a community around NFTs instead of food, roughly. Exactly. 
And so how impactful is that background in food when you're building the community and, and the thought you're putting into it? Is there an overlap in terms of the energy you would put into running a restaurant versus what you're doing now? You know, it's funny because Discord is very similar to a restaurant because, you know, you've got like your technical people, your mods, which are like, I mean, your mods are kind of like your floor, right? Your managers and everything. You've got like coders. They're kind of like the kitchen and everything. You've got like, you know, it's, it's and you got a lot of people complaining about shit. And, you know, you have to, like, the people, it's, like, almost like, you know, we'll offer you a glass of champagne at the bar sort of thing. It's, like, you know, how can we make your day better? Like, it's a lot of that. It feels like the organization of running a restaurant for me and, like, I'm hosting and I'm the face of it or whatever it is. So, and people are, like, wow, I'm not used to being in a business where, like, everything you do is publicly criticized. I'm, like, I come from Yelp, the Yelp world. Like, that's where all my, you know, and it's, like, people don't realize how, like, like what it does to you to read about Yelp review or about Discord comment, whatever it is, you know? So I'm used to that. And I think that's served me well. I'm I'm used to being in a business that it, where you see people consume what you create in real time and react to it. Not like printing t-shirts you ship in, you have no idea, right? Which could be a both an advantage and disadvantage. Disadvantage on the mental health uh, capacity, but an advantage in the sense that like you're able to correct things in real time you're able to really connect with the consumers on a deeper level because you follow them from you know there's a full exchange you follow them from like the point of purchase and then after that and you're able to communicate with them directly so so i see it as a big advantage um and since i come from that world it's easy for me to navigate it and in terms of navigating that world you you start probably nothing was there an initial experience or a set of experiences that led you to realize, hey, we're onto something here. Like we've you've had an, an initial success that was revelatory in the sense that, oh, hey, actually what we're doing here is actually going to stick around for a minute. This isn't just a fly by night operation. Yeah. I mean, look, we hit 30,000 followers in like the first few days, which was pretty crazy. We were lucky that this was right before Instagram changed the algorithm for the thousandth time. Um, <laughs> which is annoying for his shit for us. But um, honestly, like it was, it was, it was cool because, you know, I base, I don't base our success on followers or anything like that, even though our following grows, you know, drastically, I really base it on like shares, like not comments, not likes, shares, bookmarks, which is like a very underrated form of engagement because it's not public. So people don't care about it as much, but I go in and look at the analytics. I'm like, wow. So, we spread we posted some news and it was shared two thousand times that means that at the very least two thousand because that was curated for people's inboxes from someone they know right so two thousand we were able to spread this to two thousand people who i'm assuming for the most part don't follow us if they're sharing it or you know let's just see even at least half but that's what was really interesting to me is seeing like how people are interacting with something that they don't understand yet so you know the way we tailor our news is it's very, very visually pleasing. So that's step one. It makes you want to read it, interact with it. We look at it as a very heavy on the design standpoint. The articles are, are broken down into three paragraphs. One is introductory, so you get an idea of it. Two is for you to get a little bit more info. And the third is really like for the deeper crypto heads, like to, to be able to like add something that no one else does. Uh, so there's a there's huge, there's mechanics to it for sure. Um, you know, but it, it's interesting because the way we are on Twitter and the way we're on Instagram, it's like two different worlds. Like we cater to these people on this side and on Twitter, we're like, you know, super hot brand. That's like a lot of DGENs and we're helping like DGENs get into projects that are like, again, by the Warner records and the CNNs of the world, like are dropped to the, 
on, with CNN, like we're doing that. And on one side, we're Edge King. So, you know, our whole thing is building this ecosystem to be able to like drop things, educate people, and essentially being like a one-stop shop for that and be able to connect into the right projects. Um, and so, you know, all those different parts, although they work independently, they do work together for one common goal. So that's always like what we're trying to push is really making sure that like, it's a two-way street, the same way Web3 is. It's not, we're not getting information. It's like, we're empowering you to educate other people. So you're helping out. We're only one army, right? Like we want to, we want to empower like thousands of people to onboard people. That's how we're going to get mass adoption. It can't be just us. When you mentioned doing a job with CNN, what, what goes into a drop? You know, what, what creatively, what goes into that and what's that process like? Yeah. So the CNN one that dropped today actually is a good example. So I actually personally uh, designed that I did an art piece, uh, 250 editions, and uh, it inspired by uh, Nelson Mandela's release from prison in 1990, um, which was cool. In 1990s, actually, my my date of my year of birth. Um, and so I did the 250 editions. Uh, CNN has archival footage of Nelson Mandela's release on CNN and 250 editions, people will be able to own that footage and they could own my art piece. And then we did that as a collaborative drop, which was interesting. We did my art piece on Ethereum, theirs on Flow for the video, which like first time we've done two blockchains at the same time, um, nine minute sellout. So, wow, you know, like I did my, my piece for free. Theirs was a hundred bucks for the footage, you know, which, I think is it's telling of where we're headed with this that we're able to cater to to people enough that they trust us on navigating multiple blockchains, um, et cetera. But it was really cool to see. So, like you know, for obviously for that drop, I did the artwork. Sometimes we bring on artists to do artwork for things. Obviously, like when we do PFPs and stuff, I don't design everything. I do the concept, the creative, and then I have like designers put the files together. This one I actually did for completely myself. But the process usually, you know, artwork, we have coders that we work with for smart contracts, development, min pages, everything like that. You know, when it's, it's completely collabor collaborative processes with brands like CNN or Warner Records, we help develop it, we help market, you know, we're in discords, make sure everyone's safe. We have, you know, compliance, like legal. We, we're, we're, we're not an NFT project, we're a company and we were beforehand. And that's what we've been able to do free mints and be able to, deliver over deliver on our promises and whatnot it's because again we're a company with the payroll and like whether crypto is up or down we're still around and we're not going to be you know um we're not going anywhere so so like you know soup to nuts yes yeah, smart design smart contract etc you know press obviously thanks to the, like jennifer on our team and 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 from there you know twitter space today live during the drop how to talk with a cnn producer that i was talking back and forth we're being interviewed and then, yeah, and that, that's essentially that process for that drop. All of them are kind of different, but they all are about the same way. Gotcha. And in in the success of this drop, you said it sold out, what, nine minutes? So nine, nine minutes. You, you know, what, what does that say about the future of NFTs, about the future of Web3, about the future of crypto? Well, what I think is awesome, right, is that I keep going back and forth on things because I'm like, you know, I see the NFT space. I see the kids that are a part of it that grew up with it, right? You know, so I look at, you know, when Bill Murray entered the space or Anthony Hopkins, you know, entered the space, I was like, 
our kids gonna fucking know who this is, right? <laughs> because like we grew up with that, but not not necessarily like not necessarily the 16 year olds wallet, 15 year old, right? Different generation. But what I'm seeing is even though some of these younger generations don't have the emotional direct connection to figures like that or brands like CN or whatever it is that we grew up with, they are open to the idea of you know emotionally and financially investing in established figures of the people or, or brands which is very telling of the future right because the rest the specifics we can we can figure like we can figure stuff out we can figure out how to you know how to educate people in history using nfts like this this you know i had thousands of people in messaging they're like hey I ended up watching a, Man, a Nelson Mandela documentary last night because this inspired me to do it. Like we did it in a way that's like cool and attractive and stuff like that. But really we're educating people on history, right? All of a sudden, like even myself, like, you know, in my, in my eyes, I knew Nelson Mandela was in prison for 27 years. I thought he was released. Um, he came out of Robben Island. I actually found out that he was transferred before that release, which was really interesting. It even made me, start to look into you know more historical things and, and it's it's cool because you're it doesn't feel like a one and i'm someone who dropped out of college by the way so it doesn't feel like this one way like we're shoving down history down your throat it feels like i get to own a piece of history so now that i own it i want to like learn more about it i want to really take the time investing because i don't feel like it's this like trans transactional thing and you know, it's the most tangible way of being able to make people feel like they have an uh, ownership in history. And I think that that's limitless. That's what we're going to start seeing a lot of. Is you know, is there a way to eventually incorporate this in an educational system, right? Where people, this is kind of the future. Like you're collecting moments in history, and it's fun, and you're able to maybe, you know, connect with other people and learn from them. Like I wonder if there's something there for that for the future. For sure. And does that does that then change the landscape of how certainly how you would consume history, but what stories and, and what history is available to be told? What's what, you know, what information is then being distributed and shared, which arguably could be a different set of information than we've previously seen? A hundred percent. And then that's where I think like the the that's where I think there is a challenge with full decentralization. And that's where I, I always talk about a web 2.5 because I love the romanticism of web three. It's not possible to a full extent. It will, we will never be able to have full decentralization in every aspect of everything where everything is owned by the people. There are no bad players and no one takes like, it won't be possible. I mean, even today we communicate on Twitter, right? Being able to create an alternative to Twitter that's owned by the people and everything and then get mass adoption. That's a pill ballot, but that's fine. You know, we can count Instagram, same thing. Truth is, you know, even Yugalabs was like one of the biggest projects in the world. Like, you know, I'm, they host their NFTs on Amazon servers and I'm glad they do because if you start hosting things on decentralized platforms that don't end up having that history and, or the longevity, millions of JPEGs can start disappearing in the future. If you don't have, you know, the CNNs coming in and helping with, with, you know, information and education. And obviously like, I think for a healthy ecosystem, you need all sorts of different media companies providing different opinions and whatever, just like, you know, the news and, and obviously more than that, but you need to have some level of authorities that are, that have validation. 
in Web 2 to be able to make those big moves in Web 3 because I know a lot about history. I don't feel comfortable spreading information about history. I'm not going to get on pedestal and start educating people. Like, that's fucking dangerous, right? <laughs> because that's where it starts sure, to go bad. Sure. That's why I like some level of centralization in, like, like, I would say players that are centralized in the decentralization space, right? Where, yes, let's have you have ownership. Let's empower creatives, sell out your stuff. We're also going to have these companies do things right away and use the NFT technology to spread things. But, you know, there is some level where, like, people can then identify, okay, this is a good player, this is a bad player, because you need to have both contrasts, right? The likeliness of CNN, Warner Records, Bose, Looney Tunes, Netflix, Stranger Things, all projects we'd work on, the likeliness of a company like that scamming people is 0%. You are not going to get rugged by a multi-billion dollar corporation because they have too much to lose. And they have business acumen. I think people get mad at like, you know, like rug pulls and all these things. And I I think rug pulls are the shittiest thing ever. I think the problem with that term is that if a project doesn't succeed, it's a rug, it's a scam. People are like, oh, no, no, it has to succeed to not be a scam, which is obviously not the case. And if you take a step back and zoom out, you realize, you know, sometimes we're trusting kids, like 17 year olds that, you know, probably bit off more than they can chew and they made three, $4 million and they don't have the fight, the education or the acumen to know how to execute visions. They're dreamers. They got excited. They made $4 million, right? They need to obviously learn financial responsibility, especially when dealing with other people's money. That's very important. Sometimes I look at these projects and I'm like, man, these kids, they blew up and didn't know how to deal with it. You know what I mean? And a part of me is like, like if I'm buying the FT to support their vision, I'm happy if it's someone investing in it, I wouldn't be happy. You know what I mean? If they're investing savings where it is in, in these people's vision. So I think it is important to have to remember that NFT projects are businesses, are enterprises. They are basically publicly traded startups. If you look at it like that and startups fuck up, all startups fuck up, a lot of companies fuck up. So ultimately that is a lot of pressure to put on a project because, you know, there needs to be context. So when you look at the CNNs and stuff, you can trust that. That's why I think that level of centralized companies coming in is very healthy. Gotcha. So you're saying essentially that, that the centralized companies ground whatever NFT or whatever creative endeavors being put forth that may have the newness or the 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 risk associated with it, and then it's grounded by these, as you said, these multi-billion dollar companies or or uh, franchises, i.e., Stranger Things, that have a trusted mm-hmm. part in culture and stuff like that. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think I think that's important. I think it's like you look at it that way. You know, it's it, I think it's cool to have that kind of stuff. I think it, it, we need people want NF. People are like everyone needs to understand NFTs. We're early and everything. For for us to really be able to to live by those standards of we're early, it's the future. It needs mass adoption, and you're not going to get mass adoption without the Netflixes and the Warners of the world and everything like that because they've achieved mass adoption. They have the distribution. They have the eyeballs. You know, it's not going to be x animal you know social club that's going to like attract i mean yes there's a handful <laughs> of rare ones but it's not what's going to you know i mean look and then board ape has done an amazing job board ape Yacht club has done an amazing job they've they are the close they you know they achieved a certain level of mass adoption i'm seeing it more now is that i'm seeing licenses old navy and stuff like that 
you know, they're centralized, you know what I mean? And that's good because when they're raising $5 billion in capital, they need to be centralized. They can't be like, hey, we're raising capital. Everyone's throwing money and cool. Like, let's all share it. Like, it can't be like that. It has to be structured in a way that makes sense. And the reason why they do well and the reason why they're still doing well and they haven't, you know, burned out is because they are legitimate business, legitimate business people behind it, you know, that can that can control it. And I think that is good and healthy. You know, everyone is super excited about decentralization until they get hacked and they want to talk to customer service and they're like, shit. <laughs> you know? Totally. So what so what's what's the what's that medium then? Is it is it having these established entities that we we keep talking about as sort of the go-between where NFTs help a company like probably nothing helps a CNN become more immersed in the NFT crypto space and then the art you guys are putting forth and the and those drops are are being buoyed by this this as you said uh centralized company is that is that the answer is just is it just partnering the the new technology with these established brands i think things can coexist i think that's our approach right things can coexist i think the ecosystem needs the quote-unquote starving artists the independent artists ones the beeples the the brands the douchebags in miami the lamborghinis i actually think all of that is healthy together um i think that is cool you know, for us, Web2 is like our big thing because like we found a niche and we're, we're, we're essentially acting as like translators, right? Where we understand both sides and we want to make sure the conversation is clear and nothing gets lost in translation. Um, so that that for us works. I think that I think the industry needs a mix, right? And I, but I think that, you know, when we I, we first started, you know, it's crazy. It feels like forever ago. It was like eight months ago. When we first started, people were very anti-Web2, very anti you guys have only been around for eight months not even eight months almost eight months it'll be eight months and ten days Isn't that crazy wow did i know we actually we just we actually did this company recap and i was like fuck i thought we missed our one anniversary and they're like these are the projects in the last six months whatever and i looked at everything it was like notorious big warner records bose netflix Strange, all these things our drop are this are and everything knocking on wood so far that we've touched has sold out and has healthy ecosystems and we've delivered on everything. We haven't been off more than we could chew. Our partners have been amazing with the projects that we've helped. And it's like, I look at them like, you know, we've, we, I think I, I can base on our success on how many times we've said no. If we said yes to everything, we probably would be out of business because we've gotten so many amazing opportunities that are hard to turn down, but we've had to kind of bite the bullet and turn them down. But you know, our, our the people that follow us are amazing. I think, we're very transparent about our vision, about what we do. We've never charged for a mint unless it needed to raise capital to execute something. Anytime we don't charge for a mint unless the utility is capital intensive. Um, and even then we're usually pretty reasonable uh, on our pricing. So I think people understand that. They know that we give so much. We, you know, a lot of our holders have made money and flippers and then the ones that hold and, and it's, um, I think people, you know, they trust us and just because we're transparent, we're like, okay, this mint needs to be this price because X, Y, Z, they're like, totally get it. You know, like, that's it. Like, the, it makes sense. And I think a lot of projects are just like, we're going to throw a price out. Let's see as much money as we can get. And then cool. You know I mean? Us, it's like where I'm thinking about what's going to be our thousandth project and how we're still selling out our thousandth project. And 
the way that is, is just really understanding your audience and being like, all of these things we're doing work together as part of an ecosystem. Everyone's getting more benefits. You know, the, the positives outweigh the negatives in terms of like their time versus their, the value proposition. So, um, yeah, I think I think that's that's what's worked. But yeah, when I say I had this, I had an interview yesterday, and they're like, "How how is the company?" I looked at our anniversary. I was like, January thirteenth was our launch, which was not even not even eight months ago. It feels like it's been years, and I, I look at everything. I'm like, "How the fuck have we done that much already?" Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, and to that end, is have you been able to do that much because you? already have pre-existing relationships with a lot of these brands and companies what, what's kind of been the secret sauce in that sense you know i i have some relationships but you'd be surprised on how many it's, it's funny because a lot of these like big you know like the warn like warner right that relationship started where i got dm from the warner records account and they were like hey love what you're doing we saw you did a free mint love what you stand by you know let's talk and then it was really just like a casual thing like no agenda on any side just had a genuine connection with them and like the people the people that work there are amazing and it was like let's work together um and we can help here we can help there and like that's how you know the stickman toys started right that project and you know they had already done a lot of the legwork they had stickman pro they already had the stickman project which is the band that they manage and they had designs and they had this and they had that and it was like how do we you know and we came in and helped with the package and help getting the right people and then getting the right thing the rollout like all that all that stuff you know um because you can have all the you know a lot of you, you need all of the moving parts to work together you know i mean even if it's like a lot of people come to me they're like my art's amazing like like why aren't you like taking this on and like one our time's limited two amazing art is awesome it's not the only component you have to have a story you know what I mean? What's your story? Why are you doing this? Because anyone can just hire a really good artist and do amazing art. There needs to be a why. Like, why are you doing this? What's the story? Is there lore? What's the connection here? Like, why do I care? Because people are, you know, the reason why they invest in PFPs is what they represent. You know what I mean? I don't think anyone is is buying Board Ape Yacht Club because of, like, the line weight on the, on the sketch and, like, looking at everything. Because it doesn't fucking matter. It's what they represent. They their story is represents the crypto space. People aping in, a lot of people making a lot of money in crypto early on. They're bored as fuck, and it's like this yacht club, but it's still a little ratchet because it's crypto people. It's underground. It's DJs, and they they made this thing that represents the industry perfectly. And I'm like, that's a great story. That makes sense. If they're just like, here's a picture of a monkey, people would be like, why? You know care. what I mean? Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Well, so, so, yeah. And, and so then how does that inform the projects you take on is, are you looking for ones like the Warner records where the bundle sort of was already there? The package was, Hey, here's the vision. Here's what we want. Here's what we want to execute that type of thing. Or is it well, something that comes at various stages for that specific case? They could have presented anything to me, even if it was shit, I would have taken on a project with them because they were like, Hey, we are like this is a big corporation saying we need someone that understands the space because we want to do this the right way we're not trying to just make money we want to have an impact and influence others to have this impact as well and i was like cool i'm in because what really attracted me to them is they're like hey we have 
we want to give out free IP. We're going to be the first major label to give out free IP to audio and design of these PFPs. So I was like, awesome. So that was what really got me. It was that line. I hadn't even seen the art yet. I hadn't seen anything yet. It was that concept. And then we dove into things. And then obviously we helped build the package out and, you know, things here and there, tweaking some things or like every project, you know what I mean? And, you know, we even designed some probably nothing uh, rare ones in there with them. And like, you know, so, so that the, I, the, the why there was what really attracted me because I was like, that's the narrative. Like it's a major label giving IP rights to people and encouraging people to create with something that is of value because it comes from a name like Warner records. I was like the rest of it, we can figure out, we can figure out how to tell stories around the PFPs and all stuff, which we're working on together. Now that can, that can come, but this is the biggest thing is like, you guys are the first major label to do this. You're the first really big company to do this. Like that didn't become a big company after doing that. Like you're coming in, not trying to make money. You're just like, here it is. We're investing capital. We want to contribute. And I was like, that's, I want to help blow that up because that needs to influence a lot of people. And do you think it will, do you think it will will influence a lot of other companies? Does it set a precedent for other companies and other individuals and, and other? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. I have conversations with people all the time and they're like, why would you, who would do this for free? I'm like, Aura Records and Bose. And they're like, oh, like, really? I'm like, yeah. But see, that's where that Web2 validation helps. Because if they're like, who would do that? I'm like me. They're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I, you know what I mean? Then I'm like, they're like, oh, shit. Like, that's like. You're not joking. I'm like, no, 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 this is like for real. And the day that, you know, we do a collab with them that charges for something will be because it's really needed and that's fine. That's where those relationships come in because you're like, people are going to trust them. You know, they could have come in and made $10 million in a bear market if they wanted to, but they chose not to. And I think they don't get enough credit for that, you know, and that's why I wanted to help really spread that. I'm like, you know, people are always going to be like, Oh yeah, they don't need the money so they can do that. No, no, you, you can't think of it that way. It's they chose not to take more money, you know? So that's, that's important to me. I think, you know, IP is something I'm very passionate about is like how to create IP that really transcends into, you know, like how do I create IP and give people and build out tools for people to take that IP and eventually use it and get a deal with target, get a deal with maybe get like, how do I help you get there? Because I think it's great to give IP out. 99% of people have no idea what the fuck to do with it. They don't know. And it's not their, and that's fine. So my goal, but the future, what I'm doing is like giving people tools and resources. My friend Cameron Mullen has non-fungible films and he does it for, um, you know, he does it for, for film and animation and stuff. And it's amazing. That's like, that's what we need. We need, you know, the Disney's of the web three space. We need that kind of, that kind of vision because there's going to be a lot of valuable IP that has, the potential but doesn't have the execution ability and i think that's going to be a missed opportunity so i want to help fill those gaps well you can almost blow this out to the relationship between the, the age-old relationship between art and commerce art and business where there needs to be from what you're saying a little bit of web to a little bit of these institutional uh, uh entities within the decentralization of everything that's happening in order to have a truly flourish and reach its potential which would seem counterintuitive on paper if you were to say, hey, we're going to inject the system with these other mm -hmm. entities. And it's like, but then as you're describing it, it makes a lot of sense. And, and you're providing real life examples 
which then all come back to the choice that that these companies make and the hope that more will follow in the Warner Records path. I guess that's probably the hesitancy, though, or the gamble. Like, will companies follow suit or would they let potential greed or, or you know, monetary value of things take over, you know? And and 100%, there's nothing wrong with making money, right? As long as it makes sense. Totally. And, and, and I think that that's also another thing that people need to remember. I think where it'll be, it'll be really interesting is, you know, for these players, when they're, when they're entering the space, they really need to understand why they're entering it. Is it a marketing thing? Is it to stay relevant to your brand? Is it to make money? Is it, you know, to cultural impact? That's what's important, I think, to identify. Because again, coexisting is healthy. And there needs to be a mix of all these projects. Um, I think we will see more brands doing it. I think brands are starting to understand now. And it's like, who's going to dip their toe in the water first? You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, shit, they're doing it. Now we have to do it. And there's going to be a little bit of that for a while. Um, I think the winners of that will be the ones that come to people like us to and listen to the kids, right? Like, that's like the biggest thing is like, when you come in with arrogance and you know better, you're not going to make it in the space. Like that's just people smell that a mile away, which is cool because it's like, you know, an underground party that everyone's trying to get into the world's biggest celebrities and brands, but we know how cool our shit is. So if you want to come in, you got to be cool about it and nice about it and respectful and and that's awesome because that's what web3 is it's giving the power back to to the community and the creators right it's like web2 created that culture the creators created that culture in web2 and now they're taking ownership back you know so when you take that ownership back of that culture you have leverage you know and i think a lot of these kids don't realize how much leverage they have and how much how much power and how much how valuable they are understanding the space when major corporations aren't able to where there's a discount oftentimes is like again it's like it's hard to have that bridge you know i mean we are fortunate because i understand web3 very 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 well and i understand web2 very 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 well and i can be we can be that bridge um so yeah i mean i think as long as brands know what they're why they're doing it and while they're entering same with celebrities i think it's gonna be very good for the system i, I really do i think that you know those spaces moving so fast there's a curve right the space is moving so fast that if we wait for natural mass adoption it could take decades without the eyeballs of these brands right and what what we're seeing right now is a bit of a battle where it's like the lines in the sand you have web3 media companies like you like you know like us for web3 brands you know all there's a ton of them right like decrypt all those ones and then you're seeing web two media companies and obviously it's not in the best interest of the world's biggest billionaires traditional platforms for the web three space to win it's no one it's not in their best interest a lot of people have made fortunes on controlling information i get it so the mass the mass the people who are part of the mass adoption process are going to still listen to those big institutions because are they going to listen to a 16 year old kid telling it's not a scam or are they going to listen to cnn do you know what I'm saying? So for sure. that's why it's such a big deal for like the CNNs and the Warners. Like that's why for me, it's like, it helps my argument when I'm talking to people and they're like, yeah, but is this like really a scam? I'm like, why don't you ask these like five major corporations that are in the space now? And they're like, 
oh, they're in it? I'm like, yeah. Do you think it's really going anywhere? Like, no, it's not. It's the future. Um, right. Without that, we would be miles behind. You know, like we'd be way behind. It's a great point. On that tip, what what can we expect if you can talk about it for for the future of probably nothing? What what do you guys have come down coming down the pipeline? Eight months, nine months in. You know, what are the next eight nine months? I think for us, well, first of all, you know, our biggest thing is I still grow the brand, grow grow the following very naturally, very real, and everything. That's obvious. It's like everyone. I think our biggest thing is as we grow and as we're building all these opportunities, we want to be able to give people the ability to really take advantage of those abilities to a, to a maximum. So like, let's say a stick mentor is another example or photosynthesis or PFP drop, um, you know, that allows you to gift virtual flowers to anyone around the world for free. Like you just send flower bouquets to their wallets directly with a note for us. It's okay. These things are awesome, right? We need, you know, there's, there's launching with utility and then there's, making people use that utility right we see flower bouquets go all day every day it's cool it's it's on autopilot for that like ours we're building i'm focused on building a photosynthesis brand helping more records build a stickman toys brand right so it's all great and all how do we how do we pour gasoline on the fire our my biggest focus right now is the um using ip to its max potential on a on a large scale, giving people the tools to do that, building infrastructure where people are like, okay, I own photosynthesis IP, I'm Sigmentos IP, whatever it is, I want to go develop this. They can go develop it. How do we help you do that? I have the relationships, the connections. I have a lot of, I have a million great ideas, um, but it's better to have billions of good ideas, and to have billions of good ideas, you need millions of people. So, how do we collect? Holders, how do we bring everyone together to feel like they have emotional equity uh, vested in, in, in the brands that we do and help them come alive, help bring their ideas come alive? You know, I can't expect everyone in the world to take our photosynthesis PFP and go structure a toy deal. That's just not realistic. How can I help you structure that toy deal? How can I help you build the inspiration, even think of that toy deal? What can I do? How do we, how, how do we, you know, you might come to me with like the world's coolest idea for a children's animated series. There's a kid out there that has a perfect idea for my brand, for, for, for like one of our projects that is saying right now that it's not possible to do because there's too many hoops to jump in. When we are sitting across from each other via a tweet or a Discord message, whatever, we are right here, but is going to have intimidation of not even wanting to pitch it because it's not it's not a thing that is done currently. So how do I fix that issue where it's like we open the floodgates of like, cool, we're not gonna do every idea, it's not realistic, but there will be a few ideas that benefit everyone in the long run. How do we get holders to collaborate with each other on ideas? You know, that's that's what my focus is on is like making that the norm uh, instead of like IP is a utility just by saying you own your shit. Cool, owning your shit is cool, but how do you make that shit blow up? You know, that's that's the biggest thing. Right, and, and, and in doing so, furthering the collaborative nature of what a decentralized universe is all about. Yeah, 100%. Love it. Well, this has been another episode of the Decent People Podcast of Central Media. I'm your host, Stephen Ladd. Jeremy Fall, probably nothing. Jeremy, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much.
That's it for this episode of Decent People. Thanks so much for listening. Check the show notes for more information on our guests today. And make sure to look us up on the web at decential.io. That's D-E-C-E-N-T-I-A-L dot I-O. And on Twitter at Decential. Have a great day.